Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. everyone welcome back to the butterfly effect podcast my name is queen and i am so glad to have you all here today and to have a very special guest that she's going to just introduce herself because she is not only a uh, beautiful soul in my life that i feel like god just has blessed me with but she's just a very talented dancer a very beautiful person inside and out so my dear would you like to introduce yourself Yes, I would. My heart is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, my name is Chaslyn Lorian Osler, and I am a dancer and a yogi and artist and uh, female <laughs> out here <laughs> in in this world, bopping it out. <laughs> yes, like the feminine energy. Yes, we gotta just yes. shout out to that. Oh, oh my the god, the divine feminine. Yes. We <laughs> well, welcome. It has been kind of long awaited I've always known that I wanted to have you on but of course like we both are people that kind of listen to the signs and when things should happen so this is this is it's been it's been a roller coaster but I'm glad that it's finally um you know come to this part where we're both here together talking um timing very perfect timing divine timing at that always um (laughs) so I wanted, you know, everyone to get a little feel for who you are and, um, you know, just go in depth with just about your experiences and things that you would love to share with all of us. So if you don't mind giving us a little background about you. Okay, perfect. So I will kind of go the reverse order. I'm not going to start when I was a young lad. I'm going to (laughs) start at the top. I am completing my 200 hour yoda yoda yeah honestly though honestly oh my god yoga certification yes yes not yoda but similar but i mean the things i have experienced within that experience is basically just many days of yoda yes (laughs) that's that's pretty funny i'm also wearing green today see Uh, you are yoda at this point here we are (laughs) I just got my Yoda certification, everyone. Um, so there's that. I also have my BFA in dance. I went to Sam Houston State University, Edom of Cats, yes, Ooh. and danced it out there. It was it was such a fun time, and I met so many amazing people. Before that, I went to Booker T. Washington High School for the performing and visual arts. Which also felt like college. I felt like I went to college for like eight years. I'm not even gonna lie. I feel the but same way. But it was way. so Trust fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. No, you you're uh you're out here. Oh yeah. Kind of. Dude. I 
I do have a master's. I forget like half the time <laughs> <laughs> someone mentions it. I was like, oh yeah, I did go to school and I did get my master's right. Of course. Like, and I love that for you so much. Like, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> so welcome. So Booker T dance. And before that little dance studios. And then before that was, or is the, it's like the answer. The past is not the trauma. The past is the answer. And yes. these answers are and make up my inner child. <laughs> yes. Who went through some things and some things and some cool things and some great things and then some really harsh emotionally traumatic things Mm -hmm. mentally traumatic things and right now let's go back all the way to the top (laughs) all the way to the top the reason why this yoga certification means so much to me is it like gave me the green light to like okay girl you have definitely gone through quite a bit of healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Now it's time to share it with the world, essentially. And everything that has brought me up into this point is what makes me me. Mm-hmm. So being a dancer and a yogi makes it really fun. Like, really fun. Right. <laughs> I agree. And then, yeah. <laughs> And then being a part of a, like, a hip-hop community, like the dancers the in Dallas, has been a part of my life for, like, mm, honestly, since high school. Mm-hmm. But I got into it, into it, my sophomore slash junior year of college. Because that's when I was the angriest. I was angry. I was not okay. Which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, on Christmas breaks, like right now, I would just go take as many hip-hop classes as I could. Right. Because it was such a great <sighs> release <laughs> of the the fam, the fam things, you know, that triggering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course. That... Like, yeah, that... Um dance will do that like mm-hmm. anything that has to do with moving your body because I feel like when we go through so many things it almost becomes like the, all the tears that we cry just fill up and it's almost like it's like water to just still and you have to let that water out you have to let out all the energy out that you're carrying on and it becomes a burden it feels like a burden because you're not just crying your own tears you feel like you're crying tears for other people and mm. for other situations that you feel like you haven't truly assessed and you don't know how to really process it so having that time of release is like so important and doing it in anything it could be in dance it could be in art it could be whatever that feeds the mind to stay busy but in a creative and productive way where then you can as you get older and as you mature and you're pouring your energy into something else that you find to be passionate then you can look back and say I have done all this healing. I've done all these different things. Look at my growth. Look at my process. So for dance for you, do you feel like dance chose you in a way? Like how did that even come about for you? Oh, yes. Yes. When I was two. 
<laughs> oh, so when I was right, two. Uh, oh, it's such a beautiful age. Like <laughs> such a cute age. You know, I was all up in the galaxies in my head. Who knows what I was really thinking about? Because <laughs> I should not remember right now. <laughs> uh, I actually have a picture like on my wall of me. Like I'm looking at it right now, and it's in this cute purple costume. And I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I did. It was so mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> when I look at my inner child, I literally want to cry. But when I see myself as a child, that's me almost having a conversation with my inner child on some like yeah. woo stuff. And so it's like, oh my gosh, to the heart. But it started there. And I think it just really never left. Because even when I was at Dallas Montessori Academy mm-hmm. and I wasn't in a dance class, I was still like the dancer somehow right. some way and mm-hmm. I was choreographing the Christmas dances and just anything that they needed when it came to dance they were like Chasm <laughs> and I was like all right got you. <laughs> oh and I think it just it really stuck and then I started to take only ballet classes again when I was 11 because my grandma was like you need a hobby <laughs> do something <laughs> what do you want to do and I was like well I guess I'll do dance since I did that before. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. I started off with ballet and liturgical. I definitely did liturgical dance mm-hmm. quite. It was honestly really fun because I got to wear the, these big skirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what a fashion statement. I loved it for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the, the feel yeah. like you're just a fairy and you're just like flowy Literally. and everything graceful and I knew it made my grandma really happy because it was liturgical and like you know serving like the the vibes all the good vibes the god vibes and I was like oh yes for sure <laughs> then I had the option to go to like I didn't I mm, I don't remember the other school but it was either Booker T or some other magnet for like I don't know. Like, for, like, the arts in a I, way? Yeah, uh, like, super smart, talented and gifted, something of that nature. Oh, okay, okay. Something of that nature. That makes sense. Eventually, obviously, I auditioned for Booker T, and I got in. <laughs> and then it just carried. And then I was like, mm-hmm. okay, college. I guess I'll just still dance. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, now I have a BFA in this. Well, I'm going to use it, in which I do. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yes, it is awesome. I love that fact. It's awesome. And now I'm like, okay, <laughs> that I'm getting into like the healing aspect of the world. Let's uh, let's conjoin some things with dance. <laughs> oh, yes, like... and make it fun since it's such mm-hmm. a backbone. So it started way back then and just really never left. <laughs> oh well, that's good. Like you know that it's always been like a like a little soft spot that just carried with you to help you along your growth even if you didn't realize that's what it was doing or you were using Mm -hmm. it in that way so like you mentioned your inner child and to you if you can define how your inner child is to you like what it means to you or how it feels to you like how would how would you do that (laughs) are you ready okay I am ready (laughs) Uh, home girl is a solid eight years old She's real cute. Her personality is mixed. It is very mixed because when she, well, when I was eight, that is when my parents divorced. Mm -hmm. And everything, every construct about love I knew was 
shattered and destroyed. (laughs) So I was like, uh, all right, what do I do now? And I give, I literally have forgiven everyone and love everyone. So I'm speaking just from what my eight-year-old self feels sometimes. Mm -hmm. She had to become very independent, very fast, mentally in the Mm -hmm. head. Because she became the only girl for a second, just Mm -hmm. between, you know, my dad and my brother. So I took on this mental role of like, I am the woman of the house. (laughs) Yeah, like that motherly role. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And I just kind of stopped being a Mm kid-ish. Like I got really shy, really quiet, just complete shutdown. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I actually I remember going to this camp in Arkansas when I stayed with my mom for a summer and for the first day I literally sat at the front the entire day like I did not get up I was like I'm you are not about to see me running around with all these kids I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) not doing it I stayed my brother stayed with me for like an hour maybe and he was like all right I'm gonna go play because he's five years younger than me so I was like totally somewhere else And I think I was maybe mm, like 10 or Mm 9. And that shyness, so she's shy. But also when it comes to the emotions, it's kind of outbursty because my mother dealt with a lot of bipolar issues. Mm -hmm. So that's what I saw. And when you are around the ages of 7 and 8, I've noticed because I've taught pretty much every single age from 2 to like 64 Uh (laughs) I've realized around seven and eight you begin to literally build your personality so whatever you're Mm -hmm. around you're taking that in and you are becoming that yes so (laughs) inner child she is dramatic (laughs) she can be real sad real scared survival uh Mm -hmm. worries about money extremely uh thinks she is not beautiful the moment she gets a blemish on her face sometimes Mm -hmm. because it defeats the construct of but the Disney characters looked flawless yeah (laughs) and they're successful I wonder what their lives are like as I Mm -hmm. watch Hannah Montana (laughs) and the Cheetah Girls so she also loves that you know so and it's like these things didn't leave (laughs) Mm -hmm. they still pop up every now and then of course the moment my I have a car issue I mm-hmm. freak out. I'm crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, my survival. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, flight. like, I'm going into flight or fight mode. What are we going to do now? Because when you go through, like, traumas and when, especially at a young age where the thing about the inner child is that it's a very vulnerable child, like, part of our personalities. And when that's taken away from us at such a young age where we have to end up becoming an adult and we have to fill in a certain role – when we're now adults, we have these childlike outbursts because it's catching up with like how we want to react, but also like conflicting with how we should react in the situation and how we should cope with everything. And we're looking at ourselves like, okay, like I feel so much like, but I don't know what to do (laughs) because it's triggering all these different things and I need to figure out the main trigger so I can just deal with it and be fine. So, um, And I was going to, like, ask you about that. Like, are there, aside from, are there specific triggers where your inner child comes out the most? Or she 
has oh, certain yes. like you know certain <laughs> emotional ties <laughs> oh yes and it this the answer to this has been a journey as everything else is and so I've been discovering these left and right I mean to this day I mean like yesterday like some of it's it gets complex yes <laughs> and you really just have to learn to pay attention to your own actions repetitively that's why journaling is so powerful so you can actually see like how you've reacted to things mm -hmm. in your day and you notice like oh every time my mother texts me I have the sense of oh no here we go again right. every time my car does something I'm like oh no I'm going to, I freak out. I'm not going to have a car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something's dramatically wrong when sometimes all it is is a loose cap that literally happened like last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I'm sometimes like when you in relationships, like I'm in a relationship, obviously. And <laughs> yes, with my Shout good friend, Jordan. Jordan. Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shout out to so you, cute. dude. I can't. <laughs> oh my Lord. Go on. <laughs> Sometimes when we are just, just living life, right, and things happen, I almost act like my mom in certain situations. Right. How she would react to certain mm -hmm. things and vice versa. I would talk like or do certain things that my dad did. Mm -hmm. And I could actually catch him in the moment and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, that felt like my dad, not even me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had a lot of those moments. Now, they have trickled down because awareness is key. <laughs> yes, of course. But I, I've come to the conclusion that the, the, the small space between the life event, uncontrollable life event, and your response is mm -hmm. the secret sauce to change. Yeah. <laughs> And that soft spot feels like it lasts a millisecond. <laughs> mm -hmm. That and only that. <laughs> so to grasp onto it requires definitely a certain amount of awareness of how you are responding to certain things. Mm -hmm. So instead of freaking out about my car, I'm like, I am abundant. <laughs> yeah, just like my car is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I completely get that because, <sighs> you know, when because I my inner child is very similar to yours um except my parents divorced when I was around nine or like nine ish ten so for me I turned into the protector of my family because everything was happening so quickly and I was moving around so much that I was trying to find a sense of control or a sense of like stability in a place where I felt like it was very unstable so then as an adult I had to figure out what are some things that I have been conditioned to that when I do, like when things happen and I'm emotionally reacting, where is that, like how strong or the intensity of my emotional response? Like why am I responding in this way, in this intense way? Like where is it where I can like figure out the root cause of these things? Because like you do get conditioned to the people that you're around because it's a, it's a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like when the people that were around especially at a young age, like children are vulnerable and they're very, they know they are. So they look mm -hmm. up to the people that they're around to teach them what they're supposed to learn about the world that is unknown to them. And people don't like being 
placed in unknown situations. So they have to exert some type of control. And that control happens with trying to maintain stability in themselves. So it's like, where can I find to be in control in a healthy way? And I feel like people take this idea of control in a bad way. But in reality, it's like if you can have enough self-awareness about yourself, your emotions, your feelings, and then the outside situation, you can take mental control of like mm-hmm. how you're going to react. So it's like Exactly. You know, it's just like this, but it's complex. Like I it's it's complex because not every situation you deal with is going to have the same response because exactly. people care about <laughs> patterns, you know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. if if we reacted in one way we're like, "Oh, yes, I reacted this way. I took control. Cool." But then, you know, maybe next week the same situation happens but at a different type of intensity then we don't know how to react so then we react we kind of like resort back to what we know but then it doesn't mm-hmm. work so then we're just like okay well where's the middle ground and that's why healing is this it's a process and it's so complex because there are many ways to react and many doors that we never thought were still opened or you know wounds that were still open that we have to be like okay I need to mm-hmm. journal again. I need to meditate. I need to assess <laughs> the situation because then it's like your world starts crumbling down again or you feel like it is when in reality it's like, no, like there's just this one little thing that you just never thought about. But here mm-hmm. it is presented to you. What are you going to do with that? Right. And I will present it now <laughs> because <laughs> if we were taught this, I mean, just faithfully in school that our thoughts are so powerful mm-hmm. and what we think to be true is true but as simple as that sounds it's so voluptuous in meaning mm-hmm. <laughs> so the moment I'm reacting to something and my brain is going a certain way I have set a standard for myself but it's all it's just like morally like I know for the fact that I am beautiful everywhere mm-hmm. inside out makeup no makeup boom mm-hmm. cat We've worked on this. So the moment, no matter what intensity of any situation, I know that that is the moral standard because it's going to be grounding for me. It's going to keep me stabilized. And it's what I would give to other people because you tell people they're beautiful all the time. But it's like, but do you tell yourself? And when I found that out, I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, (laughs) wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's easy to say it to other people and you can say it with because it's almost when you have when you say things to certain people, it's because you wish that you can say it to yourself, and it's not mm-hmm. until you go through that healing that then you take those words and you say, you know what, like I am ready to accept this for me, just as much as I accept it for other people. Like, why can't I see what other people see inside me, just like how I see the gifts and the beauty in other people as well? So it's mm-hmm. like this, like give and take of understanding that standard that you have and setting those, like I guess, like those like healthy expectations for yourself, especially when it comes to boundaries mm-hmm. and letting people in and just being able to expand without feeling like you are tearing yourself apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The boundaries. Oh, the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boundaries. <laughs> oh, the boundaries. Another tough aspect because you feel – you don't want to feel cold and you don't want to just give all of yourself that you mm. are like – crumbling from the inside out so 
that boundary, that fine definition of like, okay, I will do this, but I will also absolutely do this mm-hmm. <laughs> because I am doing this. Balance. Yeah. It's just finding balance and everything is the it's the name of the game. <laughs> yes. And for you, do you feel like at what age did you feel like you found like that or that light bulb went off where you needed to establish that standard or those boundaries? <laughs> Because I know it's an ongoing process. I'm not talking about, (laughs) like, you constantly establishing new boundaries. When did you – where was, like, that one moment where you're like, you know what? This needs to change. (laughs) Honestly, this is funny. (laughs) It's when I turned 25 because my prefrontal cortex fully developed. And I knew that fact. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even, like (laughs) – I, when I found out that fact, I was like, if for some reason, it just sets some reality in, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Like, you know, when people, it sets in their reality that they're 30, oh, which yeah. that is also, when I realized that happens at 25, I learned some other things about uh, the age of 30 specifically, just like mm-hmm. 30 repetitive year cycles. Repetition yeah. is key. 21 builds a habit. <laughs> yes. Uh, 30, you, your conditioning's like really set Mm -hmm. in stone. So it does become a little more challenging to remove certain Mm -hmm. inner child wounds, but that's when yoga becomes really helpful. Like, like real helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Not even going to front with that one. But, uh, yeah, when I turned 25, which was literally this summer at, in, you know, 2020, COVID, the world, mm-hmm. everything just shook in. I was like, well, I'm just going to study a bunch of science <laughs> yeah. and quantum physics and uh, keep my brain occupied because yeah. this is some wild stuff here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your inner child, do you? how do you cultivate your inner child? How do you reassure it and validate it? Hugs, self-hugs, like literal mm-hmm. self-hugs. How much do you hug yourself? You know, I hug myself a lot. Like, people <laughs> do, which is fine. But it's only—it's because for me, I've tracked it down to. Mm-hmm. It's not that I never received love growing up from my parents because they both loved me equally. It's right. just that, like you, your idea of what love was was shattered. So when I was having to grow up and just become a grown-up at such a young age, I realized that there was no time to let people know how I was feeling. Like, especially if I was um, sad or as angry, I always felt like I needed to be the strong one. So when I would break down, I found that it's very hard for me to depend on people. And I always Mm. felt like I need to depend on myself. So I was always like, especially when I would have like anxiety attacks, I'm like holding myself. I'm like, like mm-hmm. being like queen it's okay like it's okay like because I'm just trying to bring myself back to my own personal awareness of staying present in the moment and not allowing my mind to wander off so much that I feel like I'll get stuck in the past instead of seeing it because I firmly believe that the past is a key to the future because mm-hmm. if you don't understand what happened in the past you'll never understand how you're going to progress and make those steps to be the person you want to be in the future. So right. especially who you are in the present moment. So I would say to myself, like, we're here. What's wrong with you? Like, 
where are we like how are you feeling and I would talk to myself very honestly and it sounds crazy but it's like okay I'm feeling this but I'm upset with this okay why are you upset with that it's like I'm having a whole dialogue with myself just as to- we all should and more people should in fact the you'll realize people who are quite smart actually talk to themselves a lot mm-hmm. I talk to myself a lot <laughs> yeah, I have a full-blown healthy. conversation <laughs> <laughs> it's quite healthy and mm-hmm. some people deem it as like, oh, you're crazy for talking to yourself. And I'm like, actually, sister, I'm solving some problems over here. Right. <laughs> so Especially- I don't become <laughs> 20 years down the road with the same issue. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, and becoming, it's coming stubborn to not wanting to grow and expand and being in a sense of denial. We don't have time for that. At least yeah. I don't have time for that. Like, <laughs> maybe my you know, younger self felt like I was entertaining denial for the longest time. But I feel like that just ends up happening when you are put in a position where you have to be strong and you feel like you have to be independent and rely on yourself so much to where you don't know how to talk about your experiences. And when you end up getting older and you're trying to explain to people like what's going on in your head, especially people you really love and care about and you want to let them in, it's like, well, I need to have that conversation with myself so I know what I'm saying and hopefully when I talk to another person it's received in a way where they can at least understand where I'm at to help walk me through things that maybe I don't understand absolutely and that is a part of the art of listening (laughs) Mm -hmm. because really you'll realize when you let people just talk and you listen to like understand rather than to like always like respond with like Mm -hmm. whatever they end up solving their own problem. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to say anything at all. And you realize you it's just the art of talking these things out loud to yourself mm-hmm. and getting them out of your head because the head compilement is and that creates the over analysis and uh, perfectionism and all the mm-hmm. other things is just in your head. Like it has to be. Yeah. It does. So mm. Agree, okay. girl. That independent thing, <laughs> hard. And, and then it becomes hard to ask for help. And oh, then yes. you just give so much that you have trouble like with receiving. And then mm-hmm. you wonder why money isn't coming to you. Well, it's an energy and you have trouble mm-hmm. with receiving already. Yeah. So I've had to work on that. <laughs> me, what a girl, life. me too. Especially it's four, it's four, just four. More. like... <laughs> Oh, look at that. See? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But for, Oh, my Lord. For me, it was more like I felt like I had to give. And that's just because, like, that's just part of my personality. Like, to, I'm a very giving person. I'm very loving. And I don't think – and in my head, of course, I'm not thinking, oh, I want something in return. But when someone wants to show love to me, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, what are you doing that for? Like, right. like you don't think I'm not loving enough? Like, why are you doing this? Like, it's like I would think about it in a different way. And I'm like, queen, stop it. Like, let this person compliment you. Let this person <laughs> give you a hug. Like, you can give everyone else's hu- everyone else hugs. Why can't someone come up to you and say, queen, I'd love to give you a hug. And we're here side-eyeing, like, why? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> like is there something written on my forehead? Because that was where my insecurities stemmed from. I always felt like my experiences were written on my forehead. So if I were to walk around, people can see my wounds or they would see my problems. And then it started to turn into other things because, you know, I was bullied and everything. So the whole you're not beautiful, you're not this, you're not that. It's like 
maybe it's because of my wound. Maybe it's because I went through all this and other people can see that. Like, it was weird, like, how I thought about it. I had to walk myself through just that aspect mm. in itself in order to actually receive the energy that I was giving out to other people. I don't know. I don't know. Did you ever go? Did you go through something similar? Or... Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the projection of my inner child is there. It, it, it becomes prominent over time. And you realize you start to live from your past all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why, though? But you wake up. And I used to be bad about it, but immediately looking at my phone and like having to reaffirm what my reality is and who I am. Mm -hmm. And then you see other things. And right when you wake up and you're in your subconscious, you are a sponge. Yeah. (laughs) You are such a beautiful, absorbent sponge. And if you feed it, you you are what you feed it, essentially, for the rest of that day. And... That is the battle for your inner child. It's like trigger central when yeah. you go that route. So, yeah, because I feel like, <laughs> I mean, for your inner child, your inner child still lives because I like, like I said, you know, it's that childlike, you know, part of our personalities that's still living in that reality of where even started or where it stems from. So it's it has this like we have this conflict of like when our inner child is trying to speak out and want something, but it's like, okay, is this my inner child or is this my ego? And mm-hmm. where is this stemming from? And like, where do, where does my present self meet the need, can meet the needs of my past self, like my inner child, like this part of me that is screaming out, wants attention, but it's like, mm-hmm. I can't, it's almost like you can't reinforce when your inner child wants something that is actually not good for it and it's not good for you and you know it, mm-hmm. but it's like, I know we have to redirect. We have to do something else. Like we have to, we're in a different mindset. Exactly. Now. And my example is Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> and my example of Pop-Tarts is because when I was a kid, I freaking loved Pop-Tarts, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally... I would absolutely not eat that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the right, like that, the specific brand of Pop-Tarts. Uh-huh. And that hurts. <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, I miss Pop-Tarts. However, mm-hmm. because I know that when I was younger, I used to always cook with my grandma. That was so fun. Mm-hmm. I know that I could just make it myself. <laughs> yeah. And then guess what? I have a Pop-Tart and then I'm happy. My yeah. child is happy as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> so happy it's like it got what <laughs> it wanted that expletive i do apologize but that's what mm-hmm. happens when you watch no like TV. that's the whole fly. point no <laughs> <laughs> you're fine like that's the point of my podcast is for everyone to speak freely and however oh, well, it is that i was they like need wait to i won't be offended if you need to though <laughs> no 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 you're fine i have a very similar thing but it's actually with the park when I was young, my dad would always take after school, would take my brother and I to the park. And when I was younger, I just always had this dream that I wanted to go to the park whenever I wanted to. And mm-hmm. when, you know, when I was going through a lot of stuff from, you know, moving, I would always end up finding a park in my neighborhood that I would go and swing on swings all the time. So that when I'm older, when I go through things, 
my inner child would be like, no, I just want to go to the swing. I want to go to the swing. I just want to swing for hours and hours. And it's like, okay, but we need to swing with a purpose. Like we can't just like dissociate because that's what I'll do. It'll be a form of escapism rather than me actually working through my issues. So I'm just like, um, we can use this as a positive reinforcer after we figure out this, after we figure out this issue, but you can't run away from your issues. And that's what my inner child would do. But it's only because at the time I felt like I need to fix something. I always need to figure out the answer. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to sit on the swing for hours and hours and think about how I can fix it, even though it's not my job to fix it. So then as an adult, it's like, okay, can you fix this situation? Or is this something that's out of your control? What is it? Like, <laughs> but still, it would, like. It could be pretty self-explanatory in most case scenario. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, sometimes that's when you go for guidance. Yeah. <laughs> and you Definitely. ask for help. Yes, you ask for help. Like, I was thinking, Shimoniac, we're not going to this park unless you go with somebody. Like, I'm just like, ask someone to go with you or call somebody while you're there. Do something. You need to ask for help. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. But I will still go, I will feel compelled to either go swing on the swings or be near water. And I would just enjoy, I would be there for hours staring off into space, like allowing myself to dissociate, but in a healthy manner. And I'm just like, we love this. We're working through this this meditation. Like we're centering ourselves. Like I'm present, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Multidimensional is what that is. Yes. (laughs) Especially um, another way I feel like my inner child kind of um, I learned to reassure it in certain ways is following like my personal intuition because like I feel like when I look at my intuition I see that as the matured adult version of me and the matured version like guardian of my inner child so it's like okay, there are certain signs, we have done certain things, but are we going to follow, like, our ego? Or are we going to follow our intuition? Like, what? Absolutely. how are we going to feel guided? And you have to reassure your own self in the present moment, like, when you're feeling certain things, certain emotions, and walking yourself through having that awareness of how you're feeling with certain mm-hmm. things, and being able to not suppress it, and not, and then because you end up suppressing it, you end up projecting onto other people, without you really wanting to because you don't know how to vocalize it yeah and it's just habit (laughs) yeah it's habit like probably from your mom sometimes or yeah yeah whoever Mm -hmm. so or that one tv show (laughs) uh, that one tv show that one something like that one something i do want to say that this is what i learned uh in yoga that really stuck out and it's just the simple phrase of operating from your highest self Mm -hmm. And you ask that question throughout your day and it'll change the game. Like right now, am I operating from my highest? Yeah. If the answer is no, then the simple fact of just ask better questions. Why? Yeah. Why? What, is, what, is, what is that? How? When? <laughs> just ask all the better questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, don't be afraid. And don't be afraid if you don't get the answer right away because the answer will always come when you're ready to listen that's how how I always look at it because Mm -hmm. you could be asking your higher self for the answer of what you think that you want to hear or you think that you need the answer right away but over time it's like you start getting it's not just a simple answer like it's always 
it tells you a little bit more about yourself. And that's just the part, like the beautiful part about self-discovery and being able to be mm-hmm. receptive to what you are allowing yourself to learn. And there will always be a peak of unknown within the known that is given. Yes. Because that's how it keeps going. Mm-hmm. If we just got all the known, we would just be stuck. Yeah, we would. Like, and life would be stuck. very boring. <laughs> <laughs> very boring. I agree. So with, you know, all this about your inner child, how do you feel if you could see yourself in the future? Actually, no. If you, like, now we're in the future, if you were to turn back, and if you were to talk to, you know, baby Chaslin, what is something that you would say to her in this given moment? As the eight-year-old self? Yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) I would absolutely tell her it is okay to have fun. Mm-hmm. You are loved, especially by your grandparents. Mm-hmm. And you can do more than one thing. I'm gonna leave it at those two. <laughs> those are good. Oh, that warms my heart. Like, <laughs> like especially like the you are loved. That's something that. I would um, say to mine as well, because it's not just about like physical love. It's mm-hmm. emotional. It's spiritual. It's mental. Like, yeah, love is I think we uh, I think we need to research a little more about love because, yeah, we, we realize people will do crazy things for love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the definition of crazy absolutely varies. But yeah. it is a it is a scientifically quantum based <laughs> uh, pusher for energy in such yeah. a way that changes lives forever and yeah. very dynamically. Yeah. So when you tell yourself you love yourself, could you imagine what that does for your cells? Mm-hmm. Ah, I love it. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many different types of love, and love itself is something that. It's truly hard to define. It's really a feeling. It truly is a feeling that can move people, move situations. Mm-hmm. And it's like to say that to yourself encompasses so much more than what you think the meaning is because you develop your own meaning and other people also define what love is. The older that you get, the more mature that you you know, become, the more that you grow, you start to understand what your love means to you mm-hmm. and what other people's love means to you too so it's like, mm-hmm. like it's and sometimes great. love is boundaries yeah and when you realize that one you're like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah you're just like oh wow <laughs> so many oh, ways wow. i could have established boundaries <laughs> it is um so for every so just to you know kind of wrap everything up how for everybody, you know, for all my listeners out there, what is some advice that you would give them pertaining to understanding their inner child? Mm. Do the things that you loved to do as a child. Mm-hmm. Very specifically do that. 
because your heart and your passions are so intertwined because it's been years. Yeah. <laughs> years of loving this thing. And when you really point it out, like it could be this simple fact of you just love listening to music all the time. You love music, homie. Like you mm-hmm. really some you really love something about it. So why don't you go tap into it a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes the discovery of the known and the unknown because you realize, oh, wait, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I really like this. Yeah. But again, you're in the unknown and you have to be in the unknown for surprises. And yeah, I know some, some people don't like surprises, but some people really do. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't like surprises, why? <laughs> ask <Yeah>. why. <laughs> Always ask why. And whatever your answer is, that's fine, you know? Yeah. But uh, do what you love to do as a child and let it bloom. It could turn into a beautiful business. <laughs> it mm-hmm. could turn into something you do with your best friends. You could make it communal. You can make it personal. Mm-hmm. And it could be so healing for you that you just never could imagine. So I would absolutely say that. And I would absolutely say every single morning when you wake up, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself and be proud that you are alive and standing and your Mm -hmm. eyeballs work and your immune system works. Yeah. (laughs) You can taste, you can touch, you can feel. Uh, And it just, the reminder of that perspective specifically gives your child the sense of like extreme gratitude for all of you, Mm -hmm. which includes your inner child, right? And then you act upon that and you operate from your highest throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Because you gave yourself the highest form of energy, which is love. Oof. Yes. That's all. Oh. Oh my god. Well, oh my lord. That like <laughs> that was everything. I don't think you guys understand. Like that was a great that... question. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, well, I'm glad that you gave an awesome answer. So, um I just want to like extend a lot of gratitude and love to you for coming on my podcast and like just being a part of my life and being a part of my personal journey because I think that it's very important to be surrounded by like-minded individuals that can not only like we can help each other but we show love to each other and we are uplifting each other through each other's own journey and I'm so proud of you for all the things that you've accomplished I see you out here just killing it and I just thank you for coming on and sharing your your beautiful mind and your your love to all of my listeners the light in me is the light in you and all of you (laughs) thank you so much no it's been a beautiful honor and i mean you're a genius so (laughs) the fact that you're doing like this platform girl hello you are on it (laughs) oh my god thank you love oh my god All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I thank Chaslin for coming on and just sharing her wisdom and some of her experiences with all of you. It's always a joy bringing on amazing people to bring forth different perspectives on different things about their life and hopefully be an inspiration in yours and if you would love to learn more about Chaslin, I will link all of her social media stuff in the description box below. And if you love and support my podcast, guys, you can always follow me on my Instagram to learn more about the topics that I cover. You can follow at the Butterfly Effect podcast underscore and if you would love to ask me any questions suggest any topics or would even love to be a guest on one of the episodes you can email me at 
thebutterflyeffect, pdct, at gmail.com. Also, guys, I have a cash app, so if you would love to donate a little something to contribute to future episodes, that would be greatly appreciated. I hope all of you guys have an amazing week and you enjoy your time as we enter into the holidays and just know that I that it's okay to go within and talk to your inner child and reassess some of those inner child wounds so that you can move forward for the future. I send lots of love to you and I hope that you have an amazing weekend.